episode number 321, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 7, episode 6, Adapt or Die. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. This is one of your two hosts for this evening or morning or whenever you're listening. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, fan of Marvel's Cinematic Universe and big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., especially this season. And I've been joined by someone else who has been loving this season, and that is Agent Samantha. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. I'm ready to talk about this show here, this this little show that could, you know? There are many <laughs> times we thought this show might not be on much longer. Now we know it's not on much longer, but <laughs> we <laughs> didn't think it was going to be seven no. seasons. So that's right. Yeah, pretty- we have, let's see, we have eight more episodes left after this? Uh, No, we have seven, seven? more episodes. Yeah. Seven, yeah. yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, this episode tonight saved me from breaking a promise to my husband because he wanted to watch, uh, Hamilton with me. Uh, tonight is the, or today is the day that the, um, the Hamilton movie dropped on Disney plus. And when I got home from work, I told myself, I'm not going to watch Hamilton. I'm going to review, <laughs> get ready for the podcast, review the episode. Uh, well, it's good. Um, I mean, it, you know, I you hear about how oftentimes spouses sometimes they aren't happy about the podcasting that that their spouse does. But this is one one moment where, where podcasting has helped your marriage, and that that's good. I'm I'm glad yes. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's also <laughs> worth noting that that also means that to, today tonight, as we're recording, it is uh, July third, twenty twenty, which means on occasion you may hear some popping in the background. And that's because someone brought some illegal fireworks into North Carolina, uh, <laughs> and they're setting them off in my neighborhood. Um, well, we as, have fireworks going off in our neighborhood as well, not illegally. Um, uh, it only becomes illegal if they are setting them off in the street here in our city. So, ah, and that yeah. usually doesn't happen until the 4th. Mostly okay. they keep it in their yards and, until the 4th, and then it goes out into the street, and it can get pretty... The next day, it's really messy out in the streets with all the just debris and stuff. Yeah. You know, I used to live in South Carolina where all kinds of fireworks are legal. Yeah, And it's interesting because you get below like south of the North Carolina border and you see nothing for uh, quite a while. But, you know, places where you can buy these fireworks. Um, uh, but when you're down there in South Carolina, it's. It's all night. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to sleep that night. Um, but do you know why this conversation about uh, the 4th of July holiday is so appropriate to this recording? Yes, because in this episode, it's the um, the episode is set on July 4th, 1976, which is the bicentennial uh, for the United States. For the United States, yeah. Yeah, I was two years old 
Uh, this is going to be this episode's trivia, I guess. Um, <laughs> I was two years old and I was in Canada. So there's that. Hey. <laughs> oh, by the way, happy birthday, Canada. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It was, they had their um, Independence Day, what? Well, Canada Day. Two days ago? Yeah. Canada Day was two days ago. My dad's joke when we lived in Canada was, hey, you know, in Canada, they have the 4th of July too. And then people would say, oh, really? Like, because we're visiting the States, you know, and they're just really they have the fourth of july in canada and then he says yes it fills the hole between the third and the fifth <laughs> and that was my dad's joke and dad jokes <laughs> yeah it was a little bit embarrassing to hear that joke multiple times anyway enough about that let's talk about some other family stuff that's how i kind of labeled this episode was just that it was about family, and and we'll get to some of the the stuff we're going to get into, but there's a lot of family stuff going on in this episode. Um, and speaking of family, I thought you know we got some pretty good feedback about this episode. I would like to start there actually instead of end there. Uh, a lot of times we talk about the episode, and then we play the feedback, and there it's just a little bit repetitive. Some of the things we've already said then get said in, in the feedback. And this way, instead of accidentally saying some stuff that's going to get just repeated later on in the feedback, I, I figure this way we can just start there. And this can kind of kickstart the beginning of our conversations. And then we can um, move on to some other stuff that we didn't get feedback about. What do you think? Let's do it. All Sounds right. good. All right. So it's a little choose your own adventure time. Um, we have two written feedbacks and two recorded feedbacks. Uh, where would you like to start? Written or recorded? Written. Okay. So written record, uh, written message from a first-time person or written message from a long-time feedback sender? Ooh. First-time or long-time? first-timer. All yeah. right. So this is from Agent Kyle. And Agent Kyle writes in with the subject, Adapt or Die, which is this episode. And Agent Kyle says, Hello, everyone. Not Halo. He actually spelled it correctly. I said it wrong. <laughs> he writes in to say, Hello, everyone. I've been listening to the podcast for about two years, but this is my first time giving feedback. Throughout this season, I've found that each episode has been better than the last. Colson died for the third or fourth time, but I thought it had good reasoning behind it. May told LMD Colson that she would not mourn him dying again because he simply keeps coming back. While Colson tells the predictor that dying is a superpower before making the sacrifice for the team. LMD Colson has been a huge factor into May's emotions this season, and this episode played on that even further. I hope that Gemma or Fitz, when he finally shows up, could find a way to bring him back into the fold as I think we'll need a Colson. A quick aside, but as we revisit things in the MCU and this show, I hope that they somehow bring back Agent Morse and Hunter. Parting Shot from Season 3 is one of my favorite episodes of the series and really hits the emotional notes as the team has to say goodbye to the two agents. To Agent Ben, Samantha, and Stuart, keep up the good work. I love listening every week. Hashtag Coulson lives. With a question mark. Agent Kyle. All right, so let's talk then about Coulson. Um... Actually, no, let's start with Agent Morrison Hunter real quick because we had asked that question. What do people want to see? This is perfect. They could easily, easily visit Morrison Hunter, but also when they get to the present day, they could just have uh, Morrison Hunter there in the present day as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that would be fantastic to have them back. You know, who would really enjoy seeing that is, um, well, first of all, uh, Dandy Daniel Butcher would enjoy seeing Hey Girl back again. But um, <laughs> yeah, my kids also, uh, my daughters love uh, Hunter and Morris. And so they would they would love that too. When when Hunter came back for that one episode, was it last season with Sarge? No, mm-hmm. no, it was season. It was before the season last when they were me. yeah with the whole uh, was it the future stuff. Well, anyway, it was very excited when we, we were getting closer to that episode, and, and when that that episode finally came, my kids were very excited about that. So yeah, uh, let's talk about Coulson then, um, especially as. You know, as Kyle was mentioning here about Coulson dying for the third or fourth time, um, dying is a superpower. And then he says he keeps or, or May says he keeps coming back. Um, I like that as a moment because as just before he dies, he says into the radio, hoping she's listening. I don't think she was, um, but he says in the radio, I hope you're right about this next part. And I'm pretty sure that's what he's referring to is not that the bombs were going to work. But knowing that the bombs are going to work, that also May's uh, little prediction was also true. But this is a little bit different, a little bit turning on ahead here, because before Colson was saying, no, don't bring me back. Don't do it again. And this time he says, I hope I hope you're right, May. Why? What caused the change? I don't, because I don't, he's a superhero now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. He's he's a superhero now. He has super strength, uh, supposedly super speed. He probably remembers uh, history a little bit easier than organic Coulson could. Um, yeah, he's a superhero. Why not? That's a superpower. But at the beginning of the season, he said, why'd you do it? Why'd you bring me back? And Max says... I didn't want to. And then they said, we're going to revisit this conversation. And actually another part of the conversation that he mentions too. Now this was, so going, just looking at Colson and may they're captured by general stoner may senses nothing from the agent that is going, is actually a chronicom. And so she says, I felt nothing like you. She's a chronicom. And, uh, that they get into a little bit of an emotional moment. There's a fight actually between him and may and he accuses her not having emotion. She finally gets angry. And then he says, okay, so now you your emotions are back or are you just mimicking me? And, uh, and then that's when they realize that's what the chronicoms are doing. They're mimicking him because he's, he's able to act like he's human. Um, but then later on when he's talking to the, the predictor, she says, you're not a person and the predictor and, and what do you think you are? And Colson says one of many pressing questions. And so again, the kind of just going back into the idea of him trying to figure out who he is, what he is, should he be alive or not? Um, does he want to be alive or not? Um, I think he, I mean, the great thing about his conversation with Mac about we will revisit this later, um, that does give Coulson or LMD Coulson the chance to really consider it and think about, you know, the pro, the true pros and cons without saying immediate jumping immediately to turn me off now, just, you know, disable me now. Um, he, I I think like Coulson, like organic Coulson, 
he wanted to take the the time to really consider this the advantages and disadvantages of being an LMD. And he didn't have that time earlier because he had a mission. He had yeah. things he had to do. Um, and he's not going to turn down helping them. They needed his help. He's alive. He has superpowers now. So yes, he says he'll help, but we'll talk about this later. But yeah. in this episode, he's at the end there before he dies. He's, he's I hope this works. I, I hope that you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Though that scene where between there is one, I kind of want to divert a little bit from the feedback conversation and just say that scene where between where he and May were handcuffed to the table. <laughs> and uh, Ben, you know already what bothered me about that. I scene. do. I do. You sent a message. <laughs> oh, I sent you guys a message about it right away. It bothered me so bad. It is obvious that Colson slash. Clark Gregg is not handcuffed to the table. The chain, if you, it's very easy to see the chain for the handcuffs go behind and under that bar as opposed to over um, the way that uh, Mays was or Ming Na Wen's. um, uh, Yeah, he was. was. So when I was rewatching, I was intentionally watching for that that because you said something. He's holding his arms to try and hide. Like he's his arm is leaning over that bar that mm-hmm. the handcuffs are supposed to be around, but I don't but, know why they did that. But I think it's just purely for blocking reasons. Because at the end of the scene, he's supposed to like break free from the the handcuffs. But the thing is, there are certain an- camera angles, and there's moments where he's making gestures where it is just it's it's clearly he's not even handcuffed to the table. He's handcuffed, but not to the table. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just a little, a little odd, a little weird. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of um, the future, uh, I am going to say this. Our post-credit conversation is going to talk about some spoiler stuff from about the future of this season, because we watched the next time on thing and there's some stuff that Accidentally. we not accidentally on my part. I mean, I, I do watch that. Um, I let myself get spoiled. I regretted it with last episode with, uh, come with me. If you wish to continue to exist. Um, I wish I'd seen that for the first time in the show. There is a thing that we saw in the next time on that. I wish I had not seen, uh, and that I would just see it in the show, but boy, did it make me laugh really, really hard. And I really want to talk about it. So okay. that'll be our, our post credit thing. But for now, um, let's stick around with, uh, with Colson and may a little bit longer and just okay. kind of talk through their whole thing. Um, so she's able to detect chronicoms because they don't have emotion, but he also doesn't have emotion. So that also kind of fits into that whole conversation about what is he? You know, because if you don't have emotion, like, are you human? Here's the interesting thing I thought about him. He's a copy of Coulson. Right. Um, I'm not even going to say a carbon copy because I think he's it's a he's a lot more clear than a carbon copy. I think a carbon copy would not have nearly as much much of a depth of range as emotion that he showed in this episode. 
Um, if he, if he yes. were, I think, I think the, um, the Chronicoms are more of a carbon copy, whereas he is a much more fulfilled, illustrated, high definition copy of Coulson. So the Chronicoms are pretending. Yes. They're pretending to be human. They're taking the emotion, not the emotion, they're taking the memories of the people that they're copying. And then they're turning around and pretending to be human. Coulson on the flip side of that has had Col okay so LMD Colson has had Colson's emotions and memories and stuff imprinted on him and so he comes out of that and he acts like Colson and he acts like he has emotions he shows excitement he smiles mm-hmm. he shows frustration but she can't sense any emotion in him and so this is the sci-fi question. You know, this is where science fiction has fun kind of asking questions like this. Um, but the sci-fi question for me is, okay, so what's going on with that? And, you know, is he a person? That's the question that uh, was Sybil, uh, the predictor, asks. You're not a person. Who? What do you think you are? And there's some really interesting stuff that, that comes out of that. Just thinking through, okay, so what does it mean to be a person to be human. Um, and does he count? You know, this is the whole, the measure of a man, Stuart. It's just, uh, <laughs> yes, I was about to say measure of a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Stuart would have brought it up before either of us, but, um, yes. but he's not here. So it, it's, it's left to us to do that. Um, but that, that episode of Star Trek the next generation, which is a classic of science fiction television because of the questions it asks and the way it asks them of, so what does it mean? Um, to be human, to be your own thing, to be your own person. And yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, that episode was well-timed because it came out right as um, AI and computers were starting to become more commonplace in people's homes uh, and in people's lives. Um, and now we are seeing like there's Siri, there's, Alexa, I'm sorry if I set off your Alexa. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of um, very early, um, not quite um, uh, sentient AI, but there is AI out there now, mm-hmm. as opposed to when Measure of a Man came out, which was what twenty some years ago. Well, but even so, Measure of a Man would have been. Early Around 90s. 90. Yeah. 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 Uh, it came out when I know we saw it when I was in high school. So I would say 89, 90, 91 around in there. Um, but here's the interesting thing. The Turing test was in existence long before that. And that was a, a test to f- see if a computer is, is responding or a human is responding. I remember going to a museum when I was in second or third grade. So we're talking early 80s now where um, you could type in a question and it would answer you. Hmm. And and so, I mean, even then, I mean, we're talking AI and everything. I mean, and honestly, it even goes back further than that. I mean, as far as, you know, getting to classic science fiction and and those things yeah. in the in the golden age of science fiction. But their whole thing, their whole subplot was it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of the interaction there with General Stoner and Patrick Warburton. Just I love that guy. Oh, he was so good. <laughs> I love him. He's perfect here. Even though you can't see his mouth because of the stash, but he's just, <laughs> he's perfect here. And he was, oh man, that scene where May tells him I'm level seven. 
Yes. Oh, by the way, the title is relevant again. Yeah, yeah. The title you, of our podcast is relevant. You sent but, the message and said, no, your, your exact message, I believe, was, we're relevant again. <laughs> yes. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this makes us relevant or irrelevant, but one way or another. Um, yeah, but still, that, that scene, it killed me because... Because he's supposing that she reports to him, but no, no. He reports to her, really, in, yeah. in ranking. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of goes back. He, he At the end, says he, he'd like to get her that drink. You know? Yeah. But um, especially now that he knows she's not HR. And, right. Yeah. I, I loved his line delivery, especially on the, the one where he's... <laughs> He says, "Did you did you pay Fred, Fred Malik a visit?" And Cole says, "Yes, he's Hydra. Not anymore. He's dead. So you just stay here." <laughs> and it's just, I'm like, he's gonna go hang out with Elaine right now, and and try and give Jerry a, a high five. That is Coulson and May, and that was actually then also Agent Kyle kind of kickstarting our conversation. So let's go to our longtime um, message feedback person, and that is Agent 084, who writes in to say. Uh, Shield 706 feedback. Bravo to Agents of Shield writer DJ Doyle. Also, how dare you, Agents of Shield writer DJ Doyle? How dare you? This one got me right in the feels. Coulson's monologue intercutting with the team we know and love, proving him right, was everything. And I'm going to stop right there. That's one last thing I wanted to say about Coulson and May is this whole idea that she can't sense him. You know, that's how she can tell that Chronicoms aren't human. As he's giving this this monologue about humanity and how they're different from chronicoms, because chronicoms are better because they're long lived, you know, and and humans are scared to die because they're so short lived. And he says you got three things wrong. Three things wrong. Um, I've got them in my notes here. One is that sacrifice comes at real cost, but we will never give up. And then the third thing she got wrong was him. I, and he says, I haven't feared death in a very long time. Fact is, dying is kind of my superpower. Um, but again, this moment is showing just how human he is. So even as he embraces the idea that he's not human because he could possibly survive this, he's showing just how human he really is, that he is going to sacrifice himself for his friends. And great moment, great moment. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's a classic Colson moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So even though this is not Colson, and I, I'm staying with it, <laughs> this is not Colson. He's not Colson. He's a copy of Colson. He's something different. And now he's had new experiences to become something different. And he has a new, you know, body or whatever. So he, this is a whole new creation, a whole new person, a whole new thing. But it's a whole new person. It is Colson. You know, I think organic original Coulson would have been really disturbed in the beginning about this, but I think later he would have liked or been amused by LMD Coulson. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's actually just this really cool guy. That'd be weird. Really weird though, to like meet yourself and hang out and as, spend time with yourself and then realize, Hey, I'm actually cool. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I really am cool. Hey, this is great. <laughs> Oh, and another uh, signature of of how human he is. He's brave, or that, or that's just another characteristic of being a, of a hero is bravery. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, or another characteristic of Coulson, honestly. I mean, yeah. so this is this is a copy of Coulson who has to deal with different things and deal with a different existence. Um, but all those things that we love about the way Clark Gregg has portrayed him for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all these years is, is right there in this character. And I'm enjoying it. When I first saw that they were bringing him back as Sarge, I was like, I don't know about this. And then <laughs> Sarge is dead. And wait, he's going to be in season seven, too. OK, uh, I don't know about this. They, they didn't have to do this. They could have used time travel to bring him back. They could have. Yeah. I mean, they could have brought back prime Coulson and and gone back in time, pull them out of time because we need you. We need you to help us fix the timeline. And Coulson would be all, I love history. I'll fix it. I, I'm actually having more fun with the LMD Coulson because I know he's going to come back. I just know it because that's his superpower. He's going to come back. Oh, they hung a lampshade on it. Oh, he, he's a Winchester brother at this point. I did not. You haven't. Yeah. Yeah, but you haven't seen Supernatural, but I will say it happens a lot on Supernatural. They die, they come back. It's like, I mean, they almost don't flinch at death anymore. I didn't Who necessarily. Who is also a person. Yeah, when, <laughs> when May said the words, I didn't think necessarily he's going to die this episode. When she said, you keep coming back. And, uh, I didn't think he was going to die. Uh, but then as he's getting ready to to die, <laughs> it was, oh, that's the setup right there. Yep. He's coming back. Yep. Doesn't take away from the moment, though. It's a great moment. By the way, we talked about, or Sybil mentioned that chronicoms don't die. They do die. I they think can. she meant. I think she meant they don't die of old age. Oh, true. Like but they just continue I, to exist until something stops them from existing. Right, but I mean, the entire reason why most of the chronicom population became hunters is because they were dying, and that was their survival instinct. You can kill one of the Chronicoms or all of them because of the, you know, whatever happened on their planet with um, with the Shrike. But but they are long lived and they don't fear death because they know they're not going to, you know, grow old and die. OK, back to 084. He says, Mac having to fight his own parents to the death is definitely something I should have expected from the writer who was behind Jiang's vivisection. May shooting a little girl, Daisy getting hived, Yo-Yo meeting her future armless self, and Fitzsimmons marriage counseling insanity hour. Bravo indeed. I'd call this a swan, so a swan song if that swan was also winged hell beast feasting away at our souls. <laughs> Not much else to say about the episode. It was real good, guys. Until next time. So, you know, I haven't been paying attention to the writers as much as I probably should. Um, we never have, unfortunately. Um, but that is a list right there of <laughs> awful things happening to people that, uh, DJ Doyle wrote all of those. Though I felt more sorrow over, um, even the Chronicom version of, or not the Chronicom version, but, um, Mac realizing that his parents, not only did he assist in killing a version of them, but that they had been dead for quite a while. Uh, a lot longer than in the prime timeline. Um, and actually, by the way that he spoke about them, it sounded like that they were still alive in their prime timeline. Yeah, yeah. So 
his lifespan uh, in 1976, he remembered the bicentennial celebration. He remembered what they were doing and the barbecue and all that kind of thing. He and his brother, his parents. Um, but this timeline, somewhere those two boys don't know where their parents are. Right. And and then he has to like – he knows what they are. He knows. So let's talk about – them let's talk about mac and uh and yo-yo because they get to meet the parents and they're going they, they find out uh, last episode that the parents are there in a in a cell um so they're going to rescue them and yo-yo meets his parents and it's really cute <laughs> it's really kind of fun and it's he hugs his mom and his mom's all what are you doing and his dad's all get your hands off her you know and and Yo-Yo's all, uh, they don't want to hear about this, honey. They <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> These strangers don't want to hear about, you know, your story or whatever. Um, then they escape, he, they escape with the parents. They rescue the parents. Um, there's another cute moment there where, um, uh, I can't remember what his mom calls him. Huggy? Was it? Yeah, Huggy. Yo-Yo says, I call him Turtle Man. And then mom says, because he slow you won, slowly won you over. And then dad says, slow and steady wins the race. And it's just this like cute and a little bit awkward, but kind of beautiful moment. Right. And I'm not expecting anything. I, I don't know if you were, but I was just expecting maybe his parents might get killed as they're trying to escape. But they didn't. They get through the door. They his dad gets hurt. Uh, they get they get on the on the plane. They're flying around in the Quinjet, but they can't go to the Zephyr right now because these people are not his parents. And they reveal it, and then they have to fight the parents, and and it's just a horrible, awful moment that would be very difficult to recover from, even knowing that your it's it's hard because this we're getting into the timeline things and it's like with Deke, you know. Deke had a lifetime where he knew his mother. But he's all concerned about is his mother even going to be born. And it's the same kind of thing here where Mac had a lifetime with his parents. You know, they lived that lifetime but now they're they're dead in this timeline. Yeah. And he has so- to face that. Yeah, um, I was actually looking forward to the moment where he reveals to them that he is their son, Alfie, and um, and have that meet cute moment, and or not a meet cute moment, but just that it's it's this really cute moment, um, adorable family moment, but that never happened. Well, I mean, we still had lots of adorable moments, but they are all <laughs> there's a a long dark shadow over all of them now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> because they knew exactly who he was. They knew exactly who he was. When they get on the Zephyr and they finally reveal themselves, they reveal that they know they are his parents. Yes. Ugh. Which I, this episode, I think, just kind of proves that it was, it was just a picture of his parents in that envelope from last episode. I, at least that's what I'm, I'm going with because – the envelope doesn't even figure into this thing anymore. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And also speaking about messing with the timeline, uh, that's one of my notes. 
Um, I think this is Agents of Shield trying to, you know, weave their way over to the timeline where Endgame ended, because at the end of Endgame, they killed um, a slightly younger version of of Thanos uh, before he did the initial snap that we saw in um, in um, oh. Oh, the previous movie. Infinity War. Yes, thank you. I I don't know because the one thing that causes me to say no is Project Insight. So I think that this is a second or third timeline that we're kind of stepping into right now because Project Insight happened in the 70s. In this timeline. Hmm. And and like we were saying last episode, you know, there's when they try if, if Hydra tried to do Project Insight again in the 2000s, um, I think there'd be people saying, ah, you know, we, we tried this once. Not, not wasn't our wasn't our finest hour. You know, it, it didn't didn't go over very well. Yeah, I think we talked about that last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that we're headed towards a, a situation where they're going to wipe all of those, the, all these changes that we've seen happen are going to get fixed. Okay. And that might be what's, what swerves us over into the regular MCU timeline. Okay. Or the new MCU timeline, because I <laughs> like, it, I don't know how to think of it because, um, yeah, like I said, they killed Thanos slightly earlier in his life compared to at the beginning of the, of the movie in game. So, but then they fixed it all and it was like, none of that ever happened. I, to me, it's pretty linear and, 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 and maybe I'm looking at it too simply as far as end game and infinity war and all that stuff. But all those things happen, you know, it's linear in a wibbly wobbly, tiny, tiny way. (laughs) All those things happened. And then they went back in time and they brought the Infinity Stones back and they used that to defeat Thanos. And then Thanos, young Thanos, is there as well. But um, they reset it. They, they used the, 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 the glove to reset everything. They, and they took the, the stones back and, and everything's back to normal. And so we have a timeline where all that stuff all happened. And when we see that, you know, Steve Rogers went back in time and had that dance with Peggy, spent time with Peggy, got married to Peggy, all that stuff was happening in the MCU behind the scenes. And when Peggy was talking about her husband in that interview, that was that was Steve Rogers she was talking about. And it's it's this it's this linear thing that loops back on itself. But I'm I'm convinced it's the same timeline. From okay. Iron Man to Endgame, that's one timeline that had some little hiccups along the way, but got reset back to normal. Okay, yeah, I I can see where you what you were talking about. That's that's um, yeah. I know that some people don't don't go that way, and and that's fine. And I know that the the writers, the directors, um, said things that actually go both ways. <laughs> Um, so that's just 
that's just the way my, my mind works on it. Now, mm-hmm. here with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we need to see more, but I have a feeling that we're going to see a situation where this whole thing with the Chronicoms is going to be peacefully taken care of. They're going to find a way and a place for the Chronicoms to live and possibly go back in time and stop this thing with the Hunters from ever happening to where the Chronicoms never went back in time and switched stuff up and and things get fixed and Max parents will never have died and Malik and his family will never have done what they did. And Nathaniel, well, we have to talk about Nathaniel, but. Oh yes. So that is my or, prediction without any special knowledge. Or they could go and live on the moon um, and hopefully undo the, the inhuman series. <laughs> or I'm fulfill so the I mean, promise of it. And, Yes, or rewrite it so it's better. Because <laughs> there was a really good concept and a really great promise there. It's just I I was disappointed in the execution. So, <laughs> All right, quickly, let's get back to our, our feedback. We have re- two recorded messages now. Would you okay. like to hear the recorded message from a first-time feedbacker or a recorded message from a long-term, long-time feedbacker? Let's keep the pattern going and hear from the new person. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, this is Agent Smithers, uh, longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, first off, I love you guys. Uh, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This episode was great. And what does fit? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, uh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you for giving us a TED Talk. <laughs> um, so let's talk about fits. Fitz and Simmons. We got some stuff to talk about with Simmons first, but you know how I feel about this. My my theory was proven. Your theory has not been disproven yet. So let's talk about your theory because that is specifically about Fitz. Yes, I think he's being a stay at home dad. I think he's in you know present day you know with a baby that he and Simmons had in a in during a time period that the other agents did not see. Um, and I think she does not remember him to protect not just him, but also their child. Um, I feel like that time that, that theory is going to be disproven. I'm sure it will be, but I am just very happy living in that little, little fantasy that he's out there being dad. They give us one sentence of explanation Mm -hmm. in this episode, but let's get. The setup there. Okay. Missiles have damaged the ship. They've been fired. Patrick Warburton is is just so upset because he didn't order those missiles to be fired. Um, but these missiles have damaged the ship, so the Zephyr can't go with the drive. So when the drive goes to jump through time, the Zephyr will f- be disintegrated. And it won't be able to go with the drive because there's not – there's no MacGuffin cables to hold it in place. As they're talking about this, Simmons can't remember how to fix it. And she just kind of gives um, Deke a, you know, a task to do to just get him away from her. And then Enoch takes her away again, puts his arm around her shoulders and says, it's going to be okay. Walks her her way. And then we see him doing brain surgery on her more or less. Deke also sees this and Deke, Stops him um, by using the uh, oh, what do they call those medical 
shocker things. The paddles. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, yeah, there's a technical term, but I just know then that they're the paddles that yeah. are supposed it. to get your heart rhythm back in in line. Yeah. He uses it on Enoch. Enoch falls over in the middle of fixing whatever is wrong with Simmons. We see this is something probably good that he's doing, but Deke sees it as something horrible that he's doing. Uh, but then as he gets chewed out by his grandmother, Deke realizes that Ben was right because what is inside of her was suppressing her memories. And so she has inside of her an implant that she has named Diana and she's adorable and they're <laughs> inseparable. And I'm just, first of all, what, what, what? Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, can we go back to that? Nothing. So I have a feeling we're going to see an episode where we are going to see a little girl who is running around in Simmons head and we're going to get some sort of Simmons head episode um, with this little Diana. But what? it's We've just so had a weird Simmons and head odd. episode and it was hilarious. It was scary and hilarious at the same time. Written by Doyle, as as Oitful yes. reminded us. <laughs> yes. um, but. Like, okay, well, we'll just mention that, and then we're going to keep on going with this. And I'm going to drop the most interesting possible thing that you could possibly get in this episode, and then we're just going to not even address it anymore, and we're just going to move on. Um, but she explains that Fitz and her, she says, Fitz and I found a place where all the Chronicom's moves could be observed. And Fitz stayed there to guide us. And he is completely exposed if they find him. And so she can't remember. Like when I say she can't, I mean, she cannot let herself remember where he is because that would mean the end. That would, he, they would find him. They would stop him and, and they would be able to do whatever they wanted to do. And they would not be able to, and shield agents would not be able to follow the chronicoms through time. So first, a I would also place like, that oh, is ahead. out in the open, but they can observe the chronicoms moves. So that is all the information we get. What does that mean? How are they observing? How is he guiding mm -hmm. them? I don't know. But apparently, there's an implant named Diana who's a part of it. <laughs> so this whole season, we haven't had fits with us. But we've had Diana with us this whole time. <laughs> we just Wait, didn't know would, it. Would that mean he's in, he may be in close proximity to Sylvia? That may be the issue. Sylvia, Sybil, you mean? Sybil, yes, yeah, yeah. Sylvia, Sybil. I, I don't know. I mean, the the this whole bit right here is just, hey, we're gonna tease you again and again. And now this is just the ultimate tease right here because there's so much packed into so little. First of all, I can't get over the implant named Diana. <laughs> that, that is a, It's not just she named the implant because that's that's a thing. I could see that. Like if I had a, you know, a, a, a hip replacement, I could see naming my hip, you know, Robocop or something like that. And like, <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, uh but she didn't just name a thing because its name is Diana and it's adorable or she's adorable or whatever it was. And it's just, wait a minute. What does this okay. even mean? I can't get over this. 
Okay, going back to my theory about the, how they had a baby, maybe they had a little girl named Diana. That feels a little darker to me now, though, because, like, she's named this implant Diana. Is this after her child because her child is gone? Yeah. Actually, I was uh, just thinking, going back to the Olympians, that Diana was the goddess of wisdom and war. Hmm? Uh, or holy war. Hmm. So, actually, it's it's a very appropriate name for a device like that. Well, it's a device of forgetfulness. Oh, and okay, ironic, but or somewhat ironic. Um, I, I just want to go back and reiterate one more time. I was right. Yes, I do. Uh, in our um, uh, message back and forth while watching this episode a couple nights ago, uh, I did give you the called it e- award. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Okay. There's just so much packed into this, but it's so vague that there's really – I mean there's there's no specifics here to get into. So he's in a place where they can – he can observe and guide, and I think then that he's the one sending – like as soon as he sees what the Chronicoms are doing, he's actually sending them the the coordinates to the next time situation. And – yeah, I. it's all very interesting. There's lots of possibilities here. But it all goes back to they have – I mean we got, we got one more episode without Fitz. They are really going to have to pay this thing off. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's listen to our last little bit of feedback here. And this is the one that came from longtime feedback person. Here we go. Hey, 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 crew, agents, 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 agent Daniel Huff. Guess, guess, guess what? I'm tense. That's right. It's been well over a year since this amount of stress and anxiety and tension has swept across my body. But today I am tense. I am tense for many reasons. A, we found out what Colson's superpower is. Thank you, Melinda, for calling it out that he's coming back because he's coming back. I don't know what's what. Um, maybe he is a Chronicon. I don't think he is. I mean, he's making it clear he's not. But again, he's coming back because dying is Colson's superpower. And it, honestly, it really is at this point, because we now have another one in the books. <sighs> tense. I'm tense because I feel bad for Mac. How horrible. How horrible to be the one who kills the images of your parents. Ugh. I mean, if she's looking at that arm, I felt so bad. I felt, I felt bad. I was tense. I was tense. And then... He goes back and he, he has to fight. <sighs> he has to kill his own parents, who he clearly, clearly loves. <sighs> what about the tension for Daisy and Souza? I'm doing it. I'm going to say it. I'm shipping them. I'm shipping them. I'm just thinking that Daisy's always kind of like a, a little bit of an older soul. You know, it's not Deke. I mean, sure, the lemons or grapefruits or whatever citrus he brought her. But 
she needs an old soul, and we need a happy ending for our man, Sousa. So I'm tense about that, because clearly he's smitten in my book. Smitten, that would be a word, kids, for for the thing that, uh, for romance, you know, the thing that, uh, you know, Ben's heart sometimes lacks. Um, But old-timey, that's old-timey to say smitten. Uh, And finally, you know what I'm tense about? I was tense that uh, Patrick, my flight attendant for Soren, that he would not be there to uh, help me with these uh, ears and put them under my seat and give me directions. Because, again, I love it when Patrick's on the show. I love the general. And uh, I was worried that he was going to become my uh, not a person. And I didn't want that. So so good job, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After well over a year, you've reached the point where I was tense. Agent Daniel out. All right. So he covered a lot of stuff that we've talked about. But the main thing... This actually worked out really well. I think we're going to cover everything in my notes just by using our feedback to get us there, uh, except for one bit, and that is the post-credit for this episode with Deacon Mac. But um, Sousa and Daisy. Yes. Actually, I've been suspicious about this for a while. I forget if I mentioned it in the last episode, but last week I was starting to feel it, and I apologize because be honest last week i was so tired i started nodding off during a a recording i'm so sorry um but yeah that was in my notes for last week um we we did talk about it i don't know if you were sleeping then or not but we we did uh, a little bit talk about just and i i believe i probably said that i didn't ship it but um so i apologize adulting is hard (laughs) and i recently got a promotion at work so um yeah but Daniel's shipping Sousa and Daisy, and this was a really good episode yeah. for them. Um, Sousa it, is is old timey, whiny, smitten. He, but the way they did this was just really well done. I mean, really well written. Yes, uh, the whole really thing happy. where they're they're in this barn or whatever, and um. She's powerless. She can't use her powers. Nathaniel Malik comes in. We'll talk about him in a moment here. But he takes her away, experiments on her, um, using Whitehall's methods. And when he brings her back and drops her off, she's muttering about Jiang, her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Daniel keeps her talking. And tells her the story of how he lost the, well, not lost, he, he didn't lose his leg, but how he was wounded. And there was another guy who just kept him talking to keep him alive. And so he's doing the same thing for Daisy that that was done for him. The difference is that that guy didn't survive. The guy who was helping him, who was kind of a jerk, uh, but still stuck around. And, and and it just, you know, part part of the story is it's nice because it humanizes Sousa, but it also humanizes this other guy. This other guy was a, a huge jerk, you know, but at the same time, he stuck around and he helped Sousa. And yeah, Sousa survived and, and the other guy, other guy didn't. Um, well, the difference then, is the other guy's a jerk, and but Sousa is likable very much. This just shows that he is, he cares. 
you know, and then he picks her up and starts trying to walk with her. And my my girls haven't seen this one yet, but they're they're going to have they're going to like that moment. I have a feeling because it's going to be. Um, yeah, he's just there's weakness here, but he's going to overcome that weakness in his in his hurt leg um, because he's got to get her out of this place. But then Nathaniel comes in and Nathaniel has powers and totally can't control his powers. And so it kills him. And there and goes then, that problem. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> like this this whole thing was just taken care of pretty easily on this end of things anyway with Nath- with Nathaniel. But we end the episode with Daisy uh in the medical tube thing and Susa saying, Yeah, I'm coming with you. <laughs> so Oh, oh, I was rewatching um Age of Ultron. And I think Simmons said that she was the one that created that whole thing that helps to heal tissue. She was not the first to invent that because there's a similar device in Age of Ultron, uh, which is also the same casket where um, Vision was created. Born. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well... Maybe she's just building on earlier technology, you know, standing on the yeah, standing on the shoulders of giants, as they say. Yeah, I think that's what happened was that she basically recreated that technology when she could. Uh, I'm not shipping them, but I don't mind it. OK, you I know, agree. If it yeah, happens, I'm good with it. Yes, yeah. because, you know, Ben has no heart or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. I used to say. <laughs> So, okay. You're lacking a romantic heart or is that what he said? He said, I don't have that romance in my heart or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. But, um, let's talk about Nathaniel Malik because this guy was channeling Christopher Walken. Like he just, he's sounding like, like this and he's, he's kind of the way he's pronouncing his words and doing the, the the pauses he just felt like christopher walken now I, i'm not doing a very good impression of christopher walken you know so i know uh, there's a joke that every man in the united states has a christopher walken impression that they do and that might be true but i'm serious this guy was christopher walken i just couldn't uh when uh Sousa says what did you do I took as much blood and spinal fluid as she could handle a couple glands and now all I got to do is synthesize it all and transfuse it to me. I know it's risky, but uh, I want to try new things. You know, it just sounds like he is trying sound like to sound like Christopher Walken. Walken. It was as soon as he comes in, the first time he walks in that that room and talks to them, and he's like, you think I'm Hydra? This guy here? You see that suit? This guy has mouths to feed. He doesn't worship some octopus god or whatever it was. <laughs> and I'm just... I'm I'm chuckling in my in my seat there. I'm chuckling and I think that's the highlight of this episode for me was the humor-wise anyway mm-hmm. is is that voice that this guy was using. There's I don't know if it was a directorial thing where they said, "Hey, yeah, hey, you know what'd be funny?" or if this is like in the script, he sounds like Christopher Walken, you know, or what, but this actor made this acting choice and that acting choice was Christopher Walken. Yeah, and then the director did not discourage it. <laughs> no, because he goes full Walken, man. Yeah. He goes full Walken. Well, the character is dead by the end of the episode, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he has to sustain it over 
an arc. <laughs> but oh man. I mean it, it helps that I just watched a movie with Christopher Walken in it. Um uh McBain is the oh. movie. That may be why I missed um the reference. Yeah, I mean it, it helps that I mean literally I think it was four days ago that I watched I, not a great movie, but I was watching the Rift Tracks version of it, which makes it worth it. All right, let's talk about the uh, the finale of this episode. When they arrive in their time period, which based on this episode, we don't know the next time period. Based on the coming up, the next time on teaser, we do. But we're not going to say anything about that because that was in the next time on. That was not in the actual episode. But based on just this episode... We don't know where they are or when they are other than they're in a field. When they arrive, Mac takes a motorcycle and takes off and just needs to get some air. Then our post credit or our tag scene or whatever you want to call it has Deke leaving the Zephyr to go and find Mac. And then all of a sudden the drive is activated. The Zephyr is leaving and Mac is, and Deke are left behind. This is going to get interesting. They're taking the long way, just like Enoch did. Yep. <laughs> so we will talk about where they go and when and that kind of stuff, because we have seen some glimpses of the future. Uh, much, much like, uh, much like Sybil, who says that I see the past as written by a single future, a picture of a tree grown, but also the many trees that could have grown to be. We've seen a picture of a tree grown, and that picture of a tree grown was in the next time on little teaser there, but we're not going to talk about that. We will talk about speculation and specifics after we are done with this episode in our, in our post-credit. But for now, is there anything else in your notes that you'd like us to cover before One, we say goodbye. Two, three, four bullet points I want to hit that we have not talked about yet. All right, let's knock them out. Let's just start at the top of the list. Okay. I think this episode was partially inspired by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, the Chronicoms themselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you've seen it, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, these people aren't quite a perfect copy and it's a little bit obvious it's a great movie a great movie it's a classic yeah okay so sunset boulevard was your homework a couple weeks ago invasion of the body snatchers that's your homework this week though i was trying this week to figure out okay what would be a different version in the 70s of invasion of the body snatchers the closest i could think of that i've seen the stepford wives but or invasion of the body snatchers with uh, Leonard Nimoy and Donald Sutherland. and What? Okay, so I've only seen that one version from the 50s. You haven't seen the I 70s did... version? No, I haven't. You have to see that. That is, Okay, I will. It, it's a different movie, and yet it's the same, but it is very much of the time. It is a 70s movie. I mean, I, I, Leonard Nimoy plays a psychologist, and mm -hmm. they, they talk about psychoanalysis and different things like that, and... Um, it's very much, you know, where the one was absolutely about, uh, you know, communism and, and, and McCarthyism and all that stuff. And the seventies version is, is about identity and, 
and like I said, psychoanalysis and it's, yeah, that's your homework now, Samantha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I have a feeling you'll really enjoy it. I really do. Okay. So my next bullet point, I noticed in this episode, all the female leads, um, who, in previous seasons are considered the more super heroic or they carry those more super heroic characteristics. Um, many of them are disabled in this episode. Um, May's feelings are disabled unless she's around someone else who is feeling. Um, Yo-Yo cannot yo-yo at all. Um, Daisy cannot quake and Simmons can barely remember fits or how to fix the Zephyr. Yeah. The one thing out of that, would be may actually did have some emotion that did not come from a person in this episode. Finally, that's true. But and that was just because Colson pushed her into it. <laughs> Although maybe there's just some faint emotion coming from Colson. Ooh, that'd be interesting. That, that they got to her, but though I don't, well, speaking from a psychological point, um, uh, Anger comes from the base of the brain. Uh, if you've seen Waterboy, you know what is called the Adula Ablangata. <laughs> That's your <laughs> go-to on that. That's really funny. Or or Psych 101, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or actually, you know, you, classes, you know. You, but. Yes. Um, um, but that comes from the very, very base of the brain. So, I mean, you can take away all those uh, memories and, and emotions and frontal lobe stuff. You're still going to get anger out of someone who is organic. You can still anger a very simple creature. That's, that's, you know, that, that's very basic across all organic species is to have that instinct for anger and fear. So that's from a psychological standpoint, it does not surprise me at all. All right. What's next? Okay. Next. Um, Enoch is now a part of the Fitzsimmons family. Yes. Deke, Deke accepted him. Yes. And Enoch said, that's the, what do you say? That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. The greatest compliment that he's ever received. Yeah. 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 That's kind of yeah. sad, actually. Can he get a driver's license that says Enoch Fitzsimmons? <laughs> I want to see that. I would love to see that. And? And it's also in the same scene. Uh, Gemma's secret is out because Deke knows, in a way. And I have a feeling later in the season it will be revealed because Deke said something or the Chronicoms got to him and extracted the information. Um, But, yeah, we know Gemma's secret and uh, Deke may be her downfall at some point. I'm guessing not maybe <laughs> that not it probably maybe. will be because yeah. yeah, it's Deke. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Though I, I feel about Deke that this season he's much less annoying compared to last season. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree oh. a lot. Uh, I liked him in the first season he was in last season. <sighs> they did some funny stuff with him, but he wasn't the greatest character. But this season, yeah, he's working. He's working. I mean, his whole his 
killing Malik. Like that was just a really interesting turn for him. This episode, Mac is just you <laughs> stay. <laughs> You're not going anywhere because Mac can't trust him. But, but at the same time, I'm totally on Deke's side about killing Malik. That that was a character that had to go. He was at, living outside of his own lifespan that was re- previously recorded in history. He's evil. Started Project Insight, or at least he was the uh, the face for the Chronicoms wanting to start Project Insight. He I, had to go. I like how uh, Yo-Yo tried to sugarcoat it a little bit, though. And they come and they say, so what happened? And... <laughs> Uh, what happened to Malik? And, and Yo-Yo says, it got complicated. And, Ma- and then Deke just says, I killed him. And it's, like, it's not complicated. I killed him. Well, it's because she would have, uh, well, she knew how Mac would react to that news. So she tried to sugarcoat it, but. Yeah, yeah. No, he- <laughs> so my last note was I mentioned family. And if you look at this, there's all kinds of stuff about family in this. You got the Simmons and Deke and Enoch situation, and you've got the uh, the whole situation with Mac and Yo-Yo and, and Mac's parents, which is you know obviously about family and, and feelings for family. And but then if you look at it closely, you you even have uh, you know Colson and May as mom and dad, who we've always had them as, as mom and dad, uh, and then you have this new relationship. You know, building with with Sousa and Daisy and um, oh, let's don't forget that um, that, that is, Coulson is a father figure to Daisy. But even though yeah. they did not share a scene this episode, uh, but then you also have um, Nathaniel, who is breaking away from family, but using family ties to get the things that he, done that he needs to get done. And yeah, it just there's a lot of family stuff in this episode. So, but I think that that means we are here at the end of our episode. Yes. And so, Samantha, I have the yes. thing that I promised to get you from last episode. Nice. And that is the three names that you need as we thank people who have supported us on Patreon. And I, as I'm looking at this, I just have to say, I only see the three names because these are the three current people. I want to say to people who have backed us in the past, thank you so much for, for doing that. I know that there's situations that have caused people to have to say, you know, financial situations have changed or, you know, this and that, the other thing. Um, I mean, just honestly, the situation changing of us not putting out a lot of episodes. Um, it's that's, that's a legitimate reason for people to, to stop putting out the, the support on Patreon and, you know, it's legitimate, but I'm looking here at, at these people who are, um, our current three and they've been around for a while. Um, so we have agent Jeffrey who he's been a supporter since December of, of 2017. Um, and I just got to say, thank you, man. Really appreciate that. Agent Tassel. Are you writing these down by the way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, agent Tassel has been around since 2018 uh, April 2018. Again, appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. And then there's best name and maybe all of the internet, Blessed Cheesemaker, uh, who's been uh, a patron since since September of 2018. And again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, I was able to send uh, Stuart 
uh, a travel recording kit that I put together for him. Um, and it comes from this and, you know, it's, it's, that's the kind of thing that we're, we're hoping to be responsible with that money, but it's, it's really to create, uh, podcasts and, and, uh, and be able to do it well. And we really, really appreciate your, your support. So that's, uh, so Samantha, you got it for your board now, <laughs> but I have it's, my all board. right. Blessed cheesemaker, Tazzle, Jeffrey, thank you so much. And, and everyone else who has supported us in that way, thank you so much. But uh, honestly, everyone else who is just listening, downloading, especially when you're sending in feedback and, and giving us your thoughts about, you know, where do you want to see them go as they time travel and everything. Um, it's just, it's all appreciated. It's all very, very much appreciated. So um, that said, do you have any, any final words, Samantha? Oh, I will leave that for the after credit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So yeah. just a reminder, you know, our, our post credit is going to actually get into some spoilers. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's time to say goodbye then. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for our, again to our Patreon supporters and and to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, and I just think you're fantastic. You, everyone who's listening right now, you are fantastic. And um, I mean, this is why we got into podcasting. It's because of you. Because I could have done other things, you know, but instead, you know, I decided to get into podcasting because because of excellent listeners like you see uh the family business i i dabbled but um nothing really spoke to me until i met you saw what you could do whoa Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level 7 pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. All right, Samantha, let's talk about, wait, spoiler. Spoiler alert. I didn't play the organ, but we warned you. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You've had your opportunity. I really hope that if you're using a hands-free device in your vehicle, you're able to stop this if you really need to. I hope I've given you enough time. Are you ready, Samantha? Yes. Let's talk about the 80s. Because that is where we're going. And... Colson is not gone. He's just in a television. (laughs) I laughed so hard when Uh, I saw that uh, Max Hedrum thing. Hank, you out there, buddy? Hank Harwell, my friend.
Agent Hank, I saw it and I thought of you as soon as I did. <laughs> oh, and Deke channeling Michael Jackson from the Thriller album. And then what's with going the on with that band? beard? Oh, it's <laughs> fantastic. I, I'm hoping that that beard is actually real and that that's what they're kind of using to show passage of time for this. Like as we're moving from 1976 into 1982 or three or whatever it might be, but that Mac has just decided I'm not going to shave my beard. And this is how we can see the passage of time or something like that. But. I have a, I have a, I mean, the, I have seen quite a few convincing beards and wigs. Um, I, I think that's a wig. <laughs> oh, face, I'm not, I'm not convinced wig. that it's a real beard. I'm just hoping that, that this is what they do with the beard. But, but what's hilarious is that he's still bald on top of his head, but his beard is long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that Max Hadrum riff that's going yeah. on there. Oh, oh man. I'm so looking forward to next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 80s. Oh, this is going to be a blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is you're finally going to get to see your yeah, the headband mm-hmm. that you've been waiting for. I mean, it's it's all going to be there. So uh, oh, oh, Max Headroom. I mean, that's perfect because Max Headroom is a character that's supposed to exist five minutes into the future. Correct. Yes. Yes. But also. Was, and this a, is a time travel season, so yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, but the other thing was he was supposed to be, quote unquote, a, a digital character. And he wasn't. He was <laughs> – they just had the thing going on in the background and then they had makeup to make him look that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was a digital character. He was supposed to be an artificial intelligence, which – Again, we're stepping into that, you know, artificial intelligence thing going on and um, but having fun with it, because that's the thing about Max Hedrum is that they had fun with it. You know, there was um, I don't know. Did you ever get to watch the show? I vaguely remember the show. I remember watching it. I think it was a Saturday morning thing. Was it not? No, no, it was a primetime. Was it? OK. Well, well, OK. So there's two shows. There's one where he was actually like a, a talk show host. Mm-hmm. And that one I never saw because I think that was on cable. But NBC, ABC, I'm not sure the network, but they actually had like an hour long adventure drama uh, primetime show. Okay. That was five minutes in the future. And so I. And then, of course, there were the Coca Cola advertisements. Yeah. I remember the Coke advertisements. I seem to recall that. There were spots on Saturday morning cartoons where he would introduce the next show that was coming on. I could be crazy. Maybe I'm just remembering the ads, the Coke ads. Yeah, but. I don't know. But I do remember the show. And I mean, he was big in the 80s. I mean, it was yeah. huge. There's certain things in the 80s that just blew up, like Spuds McKenzie and and Max Hedrum and of course, Michael Jackson and, and just all the different things that you, it's just culturally, it's very interesting to watch pop culture now and, and then look at it back then. But there were just certain th- Cabbage Patch dolls, you know, and, and Ninja Turtles, you know, just these certain things just all of a sudden, boom, 
everyone wants it. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants to see it. And of course, when they turned it into an hour-long sci-fi drama on prime time, suddenly Max Hedrum wasn't necessarily as as popular. <laughs> but nah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if you recall, but the caveman from the Geico commercials. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and they tried to turn it into a sitcom that really was not a sitcom. It was not uh, horrible. It was it was not even slightly funny. Uh, I just remember one of the guys worked at Ikea, and I thought that was so <laughs> funny. I don't remember anything else about it other than there's a caveman working at Ikea. This is kind of funny. I remember turning that the caveman show off after five minutes. Um, yeah. Well, it was not the least funny thing I've seen in my life. That is for sure. I mean – uh, homeboys from outer space, I think might might have that. Yeah, because I can watch things that aren't good and still enjoy them, but not that. And Jimmy Doohan was was actually a guest star on it, and mm. didn't matter. I can I can too because I also grew up watching Mystery Science Theater through thousand. So I mean, there's a there's a it's so bad it's hilarious sort of <laughs> thing, but. The cavemen, not funny at all. Poor guys. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, that's our episode. Thanks, Samantha. Thank you. Talk to you later. You too. Bye.